Hi everybody, I'm Lisa. And I'm Nick. And welcome to It Takes Two, a podcast where two people take two movies with the same plot or premise and watch and discuss them. Yes, and in this week's episode we got free tickets. Thank you to Mad Men for mm. um, supplying those free tickets. You know, it's just one of the perks of... Um, being a uh, internationally recognised podcast. <laughs> no, we we won them in a competition, um, <laughs> but still, thank you to Madman. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll tag Madman and something to yeah. thank them for this. Yeah, uh, be- largely because we weren't actually planning on doing an episode on these movies. Yeah, it was just a nice set of consequences. Consequences. Uh, coincidences. Coincidences. Thank you. <laughs> um, saying that I don't remember what the name of the movies are, and I normally do that. But... That's fine. Uh, Petit Maman. And when Marty was there. Yeah, tiny, tiny woman and... L- little uh, little um, mother. And Marty is arriving. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, I think starting off, obviously, the both these movies are not in English, which mm. um, is why I don't have any notes, because I was easy yeah. to read you, Yeah, watch. this is the first time Nick has... He has literally zero notes. I am noteless. He's noteless. Um... Yeah. Go, on, go on, continue. Well, okay, I'm going to put the spoiler warning here. Most of spoilers. Yeah, well, I don't know. Well, yeah, but there will be spoilers. We're always spoiling things around here. Uh, also, Petit Maman is a, quite a new film. It's still in cinemas at the moment while we're recording this. Probably will still be what we're, when we release it. Probably. Um, so, new film. But the reason I'm putting the spoiler in here is because I'm about to do a spoiler immediately. Can you understand? Because I, I had seen When Marnie Was There before, and okay. Nick hadn't. And I said something to you before we watched it. And I just want to know, can you understand why, when I watched it first, I thought it was a coming-of-age gay film? A hundred percent. I watched, like, I've just watched it again, and the whole way I was like, I feel bad that this lesbian is going to find out that that's her grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's just a small baby lesbian, and... She falls in love with her own grandmother. That's in my head. That's the plot of that movie. Is she a lesbian though? I mean, they follow a lot of tropes um, for that kind of coming of age gay film. Like she's very much, um, dr- she has got the short hair. She wears a lot of shorts and dungarees and things, and she rejects femininity when they want her to wear a dress. She gets real upset about it, and yet she's drawn to Marnie, who is very feminine. Um, she's a total loner at school, and all the other girls don't you know have some they like want to say something about her but don't want to say it in front of her mother and you know so she's a bit of an oddball she feels different she feels isolated um she dresses very masculine she falls in love <laughs> she talks about how much she loves her so much and the first time she meets her she's like blushing and marnie's all giggling and stuff and their whole hands on she gets all embarrassed about it okay she's, i can see it now she's clearly in love with her okay um <laughs> So yes, for me, uh, obviously one of these movies was in Japanese, uh, made by the lovely studio Ghibli, yeah. and the other one was, I guess, an independent French film, mm-hmm. uh, it had some award pop-up or something, a pop-up in the beginning of it, I don't remember, maybe I'm projecting, maybe oh, I'm not, Lord. maybe it's Maybelline. Um, the Yeah, going into both these movies kind of blind for me was an interesting take, because mm. it was sort of like... Uh, me watching a mystery unfold which is some of the fascination of watching movies you don't normally watch within your I wouldn't say 
comfort zone, but sort of the blanket of genres, if that makes sense. If you're going to throw your own genre blanket out, mm-hmm. for me, it wouldn't be touching either of these. Um, yeah. I, I prefer something where the super ele- supernatural element is a bit more forthcoming. Where in this movie, these movies, mm-hmm. plural, um, the supernatural element is not hidden, but it's not like there's no sequence where they hang out with a creepy professor on the top of a hill and end up, you know, time traveling or something. Yeah, it's very, very kind of soft time travel films. Like yeah. very, it's in both of them, it's crossing a distance to be to where it becomes time travel. So yeah. in uh, when Marnie was there, it's at high tide crossing that area of the marsh, and then, travels her back, and then yeah, yeah, the uh, when the. I can't remember anything now. I should have taken notes. Uh, terrible. <laughs> um, when she goes through the, the forest and she's in the... Yeah. Sorry, we probably should put the premise of the starting of these movies together so it makes more sense if you yeah. haven't seen either of them. Yeah, so they're both... Ultimately, they're both movies about children processing grief. Yeah. So the so Petit Maman starts off with um, a little girl... Well, actually, what it starts off with, because I put it in my notes, because I took notes in the cinema, at the very beginning, it starts off with a a black screen and a clock ticking. So that's your first hint that there's going to be some time shenanigans. Um, But it starts off with a little girl in a nursing home with um, an older lady, and they're doing, like, a crossword puzzle together, and you assume it's her and her grandmother, and she says goodbye to her, and then she goes into the next room and says goodbye to another old lady, etc. And then... She goes into the room where her mother is, and there's an empty bed, and they're cleaning up, and there's a cane. Um, and she has to keep it. Yeah, yeah. so they, they show you very clearly in that beginning that this is a place they've visited. She knows, times, all, yeah, yeah. she knows all these ladies, but her own grandmother is gone. Yeah. The, and then they go, and they're going to clean up her house, and then you sort of get this sort of... Um, there's this adorably cute part where um, she t- says it's a time for a snack. Uh, and they, it's in French, blah, blah, blah. Um, a time for a snack, which was aperitif, which in my yeah. mind was like the the entree before the entree. Yeah, I did like that they didn't translate aperitif. Yeah. Yeah. In the subtitles, it still said aperitif. And yeah. I was like, well, we know it's a snack. Um, but, but I thought that was kind of cute. There's this like... adorable moment where she's sitting in the back seat eating like chips but not chips chips they're They're like like cheesy snacks yeah Yeah. um as a child would so i don't think there was a lot of direction there Mm. where she's just like mouse nibbling them all the way from one end to the other and then you have a zoom in uh so the the camera focuses from i can't remember the name of the girl and i feel bad Nelly to the front seat where the mother's driving and then you see a tiny arm reach around and feed her a snack and then another snack and then another snack and then she like tries to hand her a juice box yeah and then she, the mum sort of smiles of like how even her daughter's looking after her and then she like hugs her from behind yeah yeah it's very very sweet because the mother is obviously grieving yeah and is very somber and even when she's eating the snack she's very somber but then when the juice, juice box, box comes around yeah. it starts to break that kind of and she you know i think she really appreciates it so they end up in the grandmother's house which is in the woods in a rural area i'm assuming of france <laughs> um and 
it's sort of like this sort of play by play of just how sort of normal everything is from Nelly's point of view, if that makes sense. Mm. But you can feel the tension sort of rising and there's a little bit of hints um, talking about a dresser, I think it was a word he used, mm. that's in the kitchen and he pushes it aside and you get a reveal of like really old wallpaper, which is this like um, lime and yellow, maybe off yellow more closely to a, a, a green, a shade of green, um, checker pattern um, and then sort of the there's moment where uh, no hang on so she just passes out at that point because eh? I noticed in both these movies there's a lot of the time skipping aspect is literally sleep mm. which I thought was brilliant because in other movies they don't do it that yeah. um, what's the word concisely Consistently? Yes, sure. I don't know. Yeah, I, was, I, I don't know what you're, what you're trying to You can't say. read my mind? Why no. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of that where it'll, you know, and there's even, they hint to that in Petty Mama, because at one point she says, you know, the dad's like, oh, do you want to go do this? And she's like, no, I want to go to sleep now because I want tomorrow to come quicker. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a nice way of time skipping. Hmm. Um the opposite side when Marnie was here you get a young girl who's not fitting in who then has what's I would say a panic attack more than an asthma attack yeah it did seem more like a panic attack um, and then she suggested that she goes and stays with her aunties uh, auntie and uncle in near the sea because it would be good the salt air would be good for her asthma yeah and she had to get away for the summer even though she's skipping school um obviously there's a big difference between these two movies in look uh which one because one of them's animated um <laughs> and obviously set in different different countries yeah but there's definitely Quite a similar a lot, yeah, feel to them. Feel, yeah, because yeah. I said that to you when we were when we were leaving the cinema. I said that that is like Petit Maman is what you know. It feels like what a what a live action Ghibli film would feel like. Yeah, because there's a lot of use of the environment to set the scene, mm. um, which mainly is a is a strong point of animated films. Mm-hmm. Because you do have the time. Well, I say that you do have the time, but the I think with the higher production ones, they really spend a lot of time, especially with the old Studio Ghibli movies. Mm. Um, Ghibli, Ghibli, Ghibli. I don't know. I said Ghibli, but I yeah, have yeah. no idea to be honest. Um, please make a note of the comments. If which one you which pronunciation you prefer? <laughs> uh, the. Yeah, the environment being used as, as part of, a, like, an additional character almost. And it's easy in the old school hand animated hand, like, the backgrounds are painted. Yeah. Um, but it was, yeah, because a lot of these days are the big box office movies. Um, Avatar standing out as being not what I'm talking about. <laughs> but if you said to me the lines and dialogue from any of the Marvel movies and just being like, this is what who's in this scene and this is what they're saying. I could tell you what movie it's from. Yeah. But I wouldn't be able to describe the background at all. Yeah. Because it's except maybe the airport fight. Hmm. Um in Civil War. Uh because it's not used 
as well as it is in I find foreign film and maybe that's budget maybe it's a budget thing mm. but then The Martian did it really well yeah The Martian did do really well um, so maybe it's just a style thing mm. like I, I can throw back to The Fifth Element which because we were talking about it yesterday yeah um, was it yesterday it doesn't matter uh, <laughs> um, how that like the environment is its own beast in that movie yeah like it feels like a real world because everything yeah. is so similar but slightly different it's like going into uh, one of our favourite sets of films The Lord of the Rings yeah that feels real because what they've done is they have like all these run down statues and monuments like there's a monument in the forest that's overgrown and things like that like it feels yeah. lived in you know this is a world with history and you're getting a glimpse at a certain segment of it yeah um and I think there's a little bit of that in Petit Maman uh, in the timelessness of that forest yeah. because she goes into the forest and she's looking for where her mother built yeah she's looking forest. for particular trees yeah. where her mother built a fort as a child and what she finds is her mother as a child building that fort spoilers <laughs> um, um, it's not revealed as quickly like for me it was sort of there was a click moment so yeah she bumps into she's uh, no so her mum goes away yeah, that was. I thought that was really interesting. The timing of it is that she doesn't meet the the young girl until her mother leaves, leaves because she's dealing with her own grief, yeah. um, and she's found like an old toy, which was a paddle ball, which required a base and an elastic string attached to a ball and a paddle, um, and then she, after several good whacks of it, it goes flying into the woods, and she goes to follow it, and then finds a. Um, another girl dragging wooden logs through the woods and mm. they do the most adorable wave at each other <laughs> yeah the like, big the real big gesture yeah, wave it's and then they're just cute. hanging out and I was just like in my mind when I was watching this because this hasn't been revealed yet that it's their mother spoilers um, <laughs> we should probably say spoilers before revealing oh, no, I, that's why I got the spoiler alert right, right at the beginning of the fair episode. enough um, and yeah they looked really similar and then it starts raining and they run to the house, and then the wallpaper's identical, mm. and then there's a weird bit with a closet, and then they do the most adorable, like, dress down of their anoraks and, like, taking their coats off, and then doing the really, like, I'm, tr I'm, I'm doing this because adults would make me do it, but it's not, there's no effort into it, drawing yeah. the hair sequence with sound. Yeah, the sounds. hair, and I was like, they, these girls don't know how to dry hair, but, yeah. they're, but they're doing it because they know that's what they're supposed to do. It's yeah. very cute. Um, there is a hint before that. She asked the girl her name, and she gives her her mother's name, Marion. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, so right. when they're building the fort, together so the girl so I had written that in my notes that she cops she clicks it very soon um because she literally they start building the fort and um she just when they when she realizes that this is the fort and it's in the same spot she asks her her name yeah. and she says oh Marion and you can see her kind of go oh okay and then when they start to go back to the house she stops and looks at it and she's like that's the same house yeah. but it's in the opposite direction in the woods yeah um and when they go in she's like looking and it's taken over in her head and then there's the moment where they're having hot chocolate together yeah in little bowls which is so french yeah it's so french to have little bowls of hot chocolate um but she gets up or she makes an excuse that she wants to go to the bathroom and she goes and has a look 
and is like inspecting to make sure that this house is the same like she's confirming her own theory yeah, yeah. and then she finds her own grandmother and it totally freaks, freaks her, her out, out yeah. yeah so she has this little mini panic moment and she runs and gets her her jumper puts her jumper on inside out yeah. and gets her anorak and stuff and um the other girl is is like oh you're leaving she's like yeah i have to, I have to go yeah um but it's a really really well done little quiet panic yeah. scene because she, you can just see her be like, because obviously it's taking her head and she kind of goes, what if I can't get home? Yeah. And she liked it, you know, wants to get home immediately and then she does and finds her dad and she's much more calm than after that. And, she, and after that point, she's like, okay, she just accepts it. And she's <laughs> like, fair enough, time travel, it's all good. Yeah, just, you know, that, that youthful innocence of children. Yeah. Just being completely fine with time travel. Yeah. Uh, the money's, money was... Money is, money was. When Marnie what, was there. When, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> or when, as, I, as I used to consistently incorrectly refer to it, Marnie and me. <laughs> <laughs> and Marnie and me. Um, <laughs> better than Mac and me. Uh, the, yeah, so the, the sequences um, sort of tying into finding Marnie from Anna's point of view, who's been sent off into the woods... Um, she walks across the marsh in low tide and comes to an abandoned mansion that's backed onto the sort of the bay mm. and she's sort of having these weird sort of daylight hallucinations no, but sort of daydreaming hallucinations yeah. of the building being different and she ends up getting stuck there and then the local fisherman whose name is now slipping my mind um, mm, so I definitely wrote it down because I remember. Who's known in the village because he doesn't talk and all the kids. Koichi. All the kids take the um, Mickey out of him and he saves her basically and then she apologizes to him and goes back home. Um, and you sort of get this ongoing af- a- events where the. depending on the height of the tide, is depending if Marnie's going to be there or it's going to be real life. And I think with um, that movie in particular, the blending of, because it's animated mm. and they haven't done anything to show the, I say this with air quotes, you know, the dream sequences difference between when she's awake and when she's asleep. Mm. And then the lines get sort of blurred because, you know, the, the, the dream is etching into the waking world and mm-hmm. it has this very, like fantasy but very soft fantasy feel going on the entire time which is really helps to build the atmosphere of this movie and you sort of have this girl who's struggling with her own identity and the way she reacts with other people being so accepted by yeah this possible love interest as you as you pointed out yeah (laughs) um and it's interesting watching her sort of almost borderline dive headfirst like, her entire life seems to revolve around trying to see this girl again. Yeah. And then with the interactions with her, she's, like, finally able to be herself. Yeah, it's but then really the interesting. Rest, but then she still has the same effects. Um, I thought the, the one that was pretty intense was the the ballroom sequence. Right. Of her, her real... Um, the way she... Uh, projects herself to the real world mm. coming out again. Yeah, she gets real panicked when all, yeah. the, pe- when the, when all the t- attention is on her. Yeah. She freaks out. 
Um, there's also she has a moment where she panics when she's with the other girls and she's in that like the um, what's it called Yukata. Yeah, something like that. And she makes that fat phobic comment, which is very unnecessary, but yeah, she's obviously just lashing out. Yeah, because they have like a Halloween style event yeah. where like the kids are collecting candy from the neighbors, and they're walking down the streets with lanterns and their traditional dress, mm-hmm. and then they end up in a shrine, and it's like she lights a candle. And is given a wish card to put on the tree. And I liked watching, like, the background happen, and especially in um, Studio Ghibli movies, because there, there's so much going on yeah. that you never notice. Um, because, again, it's there's a little bit more love, and, you know, it's mm-hmm. not reaching a, we need to get it done by this date because it's yeah. a box office and it has to be done. But yeah. there's, there's, like, a, a flow effect, and you can see it within the, the way the movie's crafted. And yeah, watching the background, like there's a girl, uh, no, there's a boy hanging up his wish in a tree, and there's a father holding his very young daughter up so she can hold, and he, yeah. he literally just boots her in the back of the head, yeah. and the kid turns around like, what the hell? Yeah. And he's like, oh, and apologizes to the kid. Yeah, the and that's just what's happening in the background. It's just what's happening in the background, and it <laughs> stuck with me so instantly because it was just one of those moments where it's just like, that doesn't happen in other movies that aren't like really well loved, lovingly crafted. Mm. Um, I couldn't tell you a single background character in any Marvel Universe movie. <laughs> I don't know why I'm picking on Marvel yeah, you today. Just, you just keep, I think keep Schneider and Schneider is it's, it's too low for hanging fruit. Um, the yeah, so she has this wish. She writes a wish down, and she's just I wish to have a normal day. I wish to have a normal life every day. A normal life every day. Yeah. Basically saying that she doesn't want to have these feelings of being isolated. And the opening, the opening, um, sort of her opening monologue Mm. about the world being two circles. Mm. The circle you're in and the one, the, the one that's on the inside and the one that's on the outside. And she feels like she's on the outside of the circle. And it's like, it's that's kind of beautiful melancholy right there. And just that moment of like the, the you know, forced to be friends because your mum's friends with the, well, in this case, her aunties are friends with the, the her mother. Yeah. And just being like, oh, you have to do that. You have to go hang out with these people. Yeah, yeah. And her reaction of just being like, no, you know, mm-hmm. and just having that outburst of her sort of defensive behaviour coming forward of just, like, they're judgmental against her. So she's going to be judgmental to them? Yeah. Yeah. She just hangs, goes for the loaf, hanging fruit, unfortunately, on that one. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's, yeah. I think she recognises later on, or even in that moment, because she runs down and then she's like, you know, this is why I hate myself. Yeah. Because I, I do things like this and I say things like this and, you know... Um, and it does, I think that comes into, I think both movies are a really interesting exploration of um, mental health and mental illness and how it's perceived by children. Yeah, because you said that after we left the cinema, uh, when we were going for lunch, yeah. after the movie was over. Um, yeah, that's right, people, we have a real life. Um, <laughs> we don't just sit in our apartment watching movies. I mean, mostly we do. Shh, don't tell them that. <laughs> um, the yeah, you mentioned it. How the fact that that small moment of the childhood version of her mother saying, 
you know, people can just be sad. Yeah, it's I, I took down the quote because it's really interesting because it's after, so we're all over the place in timelines here, but that's fine because so are the movies. Um, <laughs> but um, there is a certain point in the movie where she reveals to, uh, where Nellie reveals to Marion that she is her daughter. Yeah. Um, and no, Marion just accepts it. It's like, oh, it doesn't surprise me. Um, but they have a whole conversation where they're very, very open. So the, in the in, throughout the whole of Petit Maman, adult Marion is absent. Yeah. So at the beginning, she's emotionally absent, and then she's physically, physically absent. She just leaves. She won't discuss how she's feeling. She won't discuss her grief. Um, and uh, we have this moment where eight-year-old Marion is asking eight-year-old Nellie, you know what she thinks of her or how you know how she's feeling and she's like i you know you won't tell me but you're sad all the time and whatever and you see, start to see the effects of her mental health on her daughter but then you have the eight-year-old marion acknowledges that she feels that way then yeah so she as an eight-year-old is already dealing with those mental health issues that she yeah. deals with as an adult um and she says to nelly it's not your fault that i feel that way and nelly's like i don't you know i've feel like it is I don't know and then she says you didn't invent my sadness yeah and that's the quote that I took down because that is so that's just so poignant it's like yeah it's it's a really interesting thing to have two children discussing in a movie yeah and for a child to say that to to her to be like listen you know you feel like this is your fault but you were not the origin of this yeah. you know um and then obviously and when Marnie was there you get um, it's the same thing that Anna believes that, you know, Marnie is the source of this with, without realizing it. Yeah. Um, you know, she says that her parents died and her grandmother died when she was young. Um, and she says, I know it's not their fault that they were ill, but I can't forgive them for leaving me here alone. Yeah. And then you get a moment where Marnie, perce- she perceives that Marnie has abandoned her as well. Yeah. And she gets unbelievably upset about it and then she has like this dream sequence confrontation with Marnie where she says you know why did you leave me and she you know and Marnie asks her to forgive her and then when you find out that she is the grandmother yeah. um, it's like okay she has perceived for her whole life that her grandmother abandoned her yeah. and that is the source of her mental health issues she's got this she's got huge abandonment issues she's very isolated um, and she feels unloved, and it's when she's able to forgive that that she's able to then, you know, have actual relationships with people. Yeah. So they're really, really interesting explorations of mental health from a child's perspective. Yeah, it's they're really well crafted, and obviously a lot of work was put into it. Mm-hmm. More than we could talk about from our sort of club handedness of club handedness. I don't know. Club, I was going to say club footed us, but that's not right. Um, clubbing away at the idea of just like trying to give you the best sort of uh, perspective of these movies mm. in you know thirty to forty minutes. The it's only been sixteen. Uh, I don't know how long it's been because I just realised I haven't got the uh, oh the timer going. The timer going doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> yeah, so there's. Going back and forth between these movies, there's lots of similarities and then a huge, massive difference where it comes to um, in um, with Nelly and 
and Marion's relationship, it's literally mother and daughter, like the cast, two very similar looking sisters. Yeah, they're, they're twins. They are twins. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't sure. I like it's very clear from when they're there first that they're at least sisters. Yeah, but they are they are they're twins. Um, and then obviously within an animation, it's easier to just draw people. But I was getting like, she has the character um, Anna has blue eyes and a very westernized name mm. to be living in Japan. Yeah. Um, and the other characters actually pointed out at one point. Mm. Talking about the fact, oh, you've got blue eyes like a foreigner. Yeah. Um, and then you see. That's, this, I think that's is that's the moment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. When they're saying you've got blue eyes like a foreigner, that's when she snaps, snaps and calls yeah. her a fat pig. Yeah. Uh, sandwich. The yeah. So that whole. Um, sorry, I've lost my train of thought here. Hang on, I'm reversing back to the station. It's okay. Um, so yeah, she goes through and has these moments of like trying to connect with Marnie and Marnie's life of this sort of like wealthy family mm. and there's like the way it's projected and the way Marnie's projecting it is this like sort of lavish luxury lifestyle where she's got a nanny and her parents are globe trotting and she's got servants and she lives in this mansion. And then she ends up talking, um, Anna ends up talking to her best friend after like the discovery of the diary and um, the new girl who's moving into the mansion is being renovated. So like this sort of, um, sort of the ghost of Marnie is sort of being slowly removed. Mm. Um, I was going to say um, um, excised, but that's not... Exercised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not really yeah. that as a forceful manner. It's sort of just like the slow creep of time yeah. from this, you know, once lavish mansion with, you know, rich people living in it to, you know, run down countryside and then sort of like this renewal rebirth with like actual living people occupying the house. Yeah. And they're doing a renovation and things. Yeah. And, yeah. and then talking to her friend and like the fact that, yeah, like it's all well and good that she spoke, like she had this amazing childhood where family were like mm-hmm. had, you know, amazing parties with all their friends and they had all this, but then in reality she was being abused and the uh, maids torture and a nanny torture and her parents were never home and yeah. it was like and it's that very similar uh, premise that Anne's go, um, Anna's going through where the the world that she's projecting isn't the real one mm. and it sort of end becomes in this like I was saying like the the sort of the the event between not an event I'm trying to picture it in my world I'm just losing my words okay, here okay it's okay um, take a breath take a, take a breath <laughs> the the thing oh, what, are, what was the word I'm talking about the between reality and sub-reality like the the mirror the mirror world um, the the event horizon between reality and this dream sequence you're just looking at me like total. What the hell are you? I don't know what about? words you're looking for. I, I mean, were none of those a connection? Yeah, the, the 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 veil. The veil. The veil between the two uh, worlds. You are biting our audio, and I oh, hope sorry. it doesn't sound horrible. Um, the two veil. The veil between the this sort of fantasy where she's hanging out with Marnie, and in her real life gets more and more blurred. Yeah. 
and it sort of continues on as she's very in love with this girl and she's sort of reliving these traumatic moments in Marnie's life not understanding how she has that knowledge yeah and then at near the end of the movie where it's revealed you know the whole lineage where you know Marnie's husband who was her best friend who you see her dancing with in the ball sequence married her and whisked her away from her sort of abusive life at home and then she had a daughter and then her husband died of an illness and then you have the daughter going to boarding school and coming back very willful and independent and then moving away with her partner and then dying in a car accident Mm -hmm. which I thought was ironic because they live on a motorcycle which is way more likely to kill you Um, and then Marnie getting her granddaughter back and that's when you find out how she knew all the stuff about Marnie was the fact that she was telling her tor- stories, was Tories, telling her stories of, Tories. Her chi- of her childhood to her as like bedtime stories. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. done with my run. There you go. Yeah, it's it's interesting because um, they do have a heart to heart about it as well because they have that moment where they're talking and Anna is saying, you know. I wish I had your life because, you know, my parents are dead. I live with a foster mother and Anna's like, or sorry, Marnie is saying, well, you know, your foster mother, your foster parents must love you a lot to have taken you in. And she's like, no, well, I've found out. I found a letter that they're getting money to raise me. So they're only raising me because they get money for it. I don't have a family. I don't belong anywhere. I, you know, and then Marnie turns around and says to her, well, I wish I had your life. Yeah. Because I, she's like, I've shown you the parties, but I am alone she, most of the time. So it's great when my yeah. parents are there. It's great when their friends are there. But other than that, it's just me and this uh, nanny who pulls pulls me around the place and yeah. locks me in and brushes my hair too hard. And people don't believe that I'm being bullied, but it hurts so much I cry. Yeah. And then she talks about the... Um, the maids who are sisters who tried to drag her up to the silo to lock her in because she's afraid of it and you know and you get to see this side of her and you know see that she's also experiencing this same loneliness and you know every this the same kind of emotional feelings and you know the same kind of mental health issues that Anna is dealing with mm. uh, Marnie is also dealing with uh, for slightly different reasons and then when you get the, towards the end when um, they visit her friend who you know who had been her friend in childhood and she tells them her whole life story you know like you were just saying um, you learn that when that you know she was taken out of this life by her yeah. husband and then he fell ill and died and she was committed to a sanatorium yeah. because because of her mental health issues and she couldn't look after she didn't have the capacity to look after her child yeah. um, which is why Emily got sent away um, and that's similar to what's happening in Petit Manon as well, because you get um, a lot of the sources of Marion's mental health issues are the fact that she is um, being raised by a single mother who is too ill to raise her. Yeah. Um, so she is essentially raising herself and looking after her mother. Mm. Um, and in the snippet of time that we get to see her, it's her... her um, coming up to a, a surgery as well, so she is also ill. Yeah. And she's obviously then going to be internalizing this feeling of, well, what if I end up like my mother? Yeah. Um, which is why she's asking Nellie then, what am I like as an adult? Yeah. 
There was a fabulous scene in uh, Petit Maman, which is the sequence where they're um, the dad says to Nelly, you know, you can't go and stay over unless you're invited. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, then when uh, Marion turns up and is like, oh, no, can she come stay? So, you know, they're going, oh, we're leaving t- tomorrow. It's like, oh, yeah. no, can we, like, stay an extra day? Like, no, we can't. Like, yeah, like, I want to stay an extra day. There is no time other than now. Yeah. Um, and that, that adorable sequence where they're making... This is pancakes, but they're not making pancakes. Yeah, they're crepes. Yeah. And just, I, yeah, like you said, it feels like that they were just told, here's ingredients, yeah, here's that sort of, here's a rough idea of how to make them, just go and roll a camera. Yeah. It's a very, very sweet film because there's a lot of, a lot of really deep moments in it and really interesting explorations and things, but then they do have these moments where they're clearly just like, letting children be children so it's the first scene the first time Nellie goes into the forest by herself and she's yeah. just like picking up acorns and things and throwing rocks at each other you know playing yeah. marbles with rocks and it's like they just find okay put a child in the forest let's see what she does yeah. and then you get that crepe scene where they're you know they've just been given up shit like a whole lot of ingredients and they're breaking eggs everywhere and giggling and getting flour all over the place and then she tries to flip the, the crepe and it flies onto the counter and yeah. they're giggling it's the first time you see them be like properly like children um, and then also one of my favorite things, and they do it twice, um, and the second time is even more hilarious. But they just des- they decide they're gonna like act out a play together, or they're oh, gonna do yeah. like a. And the prep gonna, work for it as yeah, well it's is the amazing. Prep work. That is exactly. I'll tell you straight up. That's exactly what I was like as a child. Yeah. Um, to the point that I tried to make my friends like film this make believe thing that we were doing, but it's they they decide they're gonna like play a game where they're these characters and they're like okay so i'm gonna be the countess and you get to be the inspector and i'm gonna be this but you know and they're splitting up characters and then you get this scene where you know um nelly is wearing a tie and a like a waistcoat and uh marion is i can't remember what she, she's wearing like jewelry and stuff yeah and and she, they have this whole like made up conversation where they're like talking and she's like my husband has died and you know they're being very dramatic about it and then they start kicking they're like you're really good at this <laughs> um and then when they come back to do it later um it's, it's so dramatic because they don't tell you that they're going to do it again so yeah. that time you have like the whole lead up to it but the second time you don't you don't they don't tell you and then you just see that she's back in that costume um and they're talking about, they're like, it's been a year since you were here, but I'm glad you've come back. And then she takes out like a doll and she's like, this is our child. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so good. I just like, I thought it was fantastic. But it's so, you know, it really, really, it, it kind of just kind of hammers home that these are children yeah. that are dealing with these issues. There's so. only one negative point I have for um, that is because... One of the big things that Nellie said is that the, she didn't feel like um, the last time she said goodbye to her grandmother was like yeah. adequate for actually saying goodbye. Yep. And then she has a secret a moment where she could have said goodbye yeah. really well, but but I think that's I think that's what she does. So she's it's not that mm. she wanted to do a big gesture, but she says. Um, I didn't know it was the last time. Yeah. So I think then you get that moment where she gets, you know, in the past, she says goodbye to what she knows is her grandmother, even yeah. though her grandmother doesn't know it. Um, and they really linger on it that she says goodbye and then it's just standing there because she knows that she got to 
say it. Yeah. And then when she goes back to the past, at that point, her mother is there. You mean Back to the Future? Back to the Future, sorry, yes. I've forgotten how, how time works. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting as well, because um, one of the things that's, that I found really interesting is for, for a, a section of the film, she's going and visiting Marion in the past, and she's saying, oh, you know, you can't come over to my house because it's, it's, you know, it's all oh, the atmosphere is bad there yeah. because of my mother. And she's like, oh, because your grandmother died. And she says, no, because my mother left. Mm. Um, but then you get to the point where she tells her that she's her daughter and they have that whole conversation and then she wants to come to the house to see it in the future. Yeah. And so she brings her. Um, and the composition of that scene where she enters the house so it's the camera is down the end of the hall and you can see like walls on either side and then just like a center point in the in the room and she walks she steps in by herself into that and is just standing and she's just really small right in the center of the screen with just all this empty space around her and this like corridor that you're looking down yeah. and just like I just feel like the comp throughout the whole movie the the cinematography and the composition is fantastic, yeah, but really that is. one really stood out to me that they have this you know she stepped in here and this is she knows that her mother has just died this week in the yeah. future, um and this is her future, mm. um and it's really interesting to see how they visually show that kind of isolation and that overwhelmingness of of that whole thing, um. Oh, she's really well done. Yeah. Really, really well done. I've got almost nothing left. Yeah. So, continue on if you like. Um, We're not going to get box offices and ratings on these movies, are we? Yeah, we, well, we can. There's no... So, the box office so far for Petit Mama seems to be about uh, just under a... Just under a million dollars, I think. Yeah, 984,996. But that's the figure I got from... The numbers website, whereas on Wikipedia it still says it's like five hundred thousand. So I imagine it's going to just continue to go up. Um, but I don't know. The only people in the theaters just—I don't think—independent French films do very well in these films. Mm. Like I'm pretty sure the ladies behind the ladies behind us were French, or they were speaking French. Yeah. Um. But there was trailers for another independent French film coming out that we both were like, oh, that, that looks good. We should see that. So, um... Which, which one like, was that one? The, the one about the chef oh, yeah, at the, yeah, the beginning yeah. of the revolution. Yeah. yeah. So the, I, there's definitely an audience for it, but I feel like more often around film festival time, mm. that's when you get a lot of that. But there's definitely an audience for it. Um, uh, when Marnie was there, the budget was... 1.15 billion yen, which is apparently about 10.5 million US dollars. And box office then was 3.85 billion yen, so 36 million US dollars. So it made over three times the budget, Yeah. Um, which is pretty good. Uh, on IMDb, um, when Marnie was there, it's got a 7.7, and currently Petite Maman has 7.4. I actually think it's a better film. That's probably a blasphemous to say. That Petit, that I think Petit Mamma was better than a Ghibli film, but um, I don't know. There's something more intimate about it. If I could delete my memory and watch one of those movies again, it'd be Petit Mamma. Yeah. Not. Not when Marnie was there. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I think Ghibli, I think fantasy, over the top spectacle, you know, mm. um, 
being my favourite sort out of all yeah. the Norsica of the Valley of the Wind, which is one, post-apocalyptic, yeah. and two, like, insane with giant monsters and craziness, yeah. and again, a young girl facing against things that are, yeah. you know, bigger than her, so and Patrick Stewart. As a, well, in the English dub. Um, so, so as as a Ghibli film, I think, When Marnie Was There is quite understated. It's very yeah. um, soft, quiet, but it's not the same level of intimacy that you get from Petit Maman. No, especially with, like, because I think we went through the cast list and it was the two sisters, the dad, and then the mum played... She didn't... I looked it up. It's two different actresses, the mum and the grandmother. They look, look very similar. They look very similar. Yeah. It's like the casting of Dark, where you get all the people at different ages and they look like the same person. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, the grandmother and the mother were two different actresses, but they did look quite similar to the so point that we both thought it was the same actress. So there's five people for yeah. the entire movie. And then, like, two old ladies really at the beginning. Three, yeah. For, uh, yeah. for a couple of... Three old ladies, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so it was very, very small cast. Um, and most... That's pretty much all set in the same house, but in two different time periods. And yeah. then the forest linking it. Um, except for that, again, that opening scene. So it's... Yeah, it's there's something very, very intimate about it. It also feels very honest. It feels very real. Like, that feels like we're watching a snapshot of someone's life, even though it does obviously have supernatural elements to it. Yeah. It feels very real. It doesn't feel like fantasy, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. Um, so there's sort of like the... There's moments in Marnie Was Here where she they things happen that are, come off as very supernatural. And because it's animated, it's doesn't have the same sort of gravity as it would have been if it was live action. But then, mm. you know, there's other sequences that were done because, you know, because it wasn't live action because you couldn't have an actress who's in, you know, just a young teenager walking across and almost drowning in marsh like a whole bunch of times. And then the mm. waves hitting her and stuff was like really insane. Yeah. Like that's some, you know, Hogwarts-esque Mm. So it's Harry Potter is the, the franchise. <laughs> um, you know, there's sequences where they get, like, the young actress, actors and actri- actors get hit by, like, waves and stuff. I think it's um, Chamber of Secrets. Right, yeah. And then you see the behind the scenes and realize they're just, like, it's like someone off the screen just splashing them with, like, a bucket. <laughs> and all the rest of the water's all hit, you know. But with this, obviously, being that it's animated, like, the moment where she's, like, when she's, like, crying out to her mind, he's stuck in a locked sort of bedroom, mm. and literally, like, sort of, like, very um, inception kind of way, where the water's, like, hitting her and trying to push her away yeah. and they're trying to drive them apart. Yeah, I think it's interesting, because I think having it as an animated... So, I think when Marnie was there, it was based on a book, yeah. originally. Um, but I think having it in an animated film means that you can you can blur that line between dream and reality yeah. quite a bit so you're never quite sure what's real and what's not and then you you know you get the reveal that marnie you know, marnie is real and at that point anna's like oh i thought i made her up yeah um and but they find her diary and then they find the, the older lady who was friends with her and then later on she finds out that she was her grandmother um but she just thought she dreamed her yeah um, or invented her out of loneliness and it's possible because there's a sequence where it shows her when her parents are dead and she's getting adopted and she's holding a doll. And you don't see the face of it, but it's dressed the exact same way with the long blonde hair and the blue dress like yeah. Marnie is, which is it's very um, 
some other, uh, I can't remember which one it is, but there's some other Ghibli moments where they have something very similar. Mm. Might be My Maneva Totoro, yeah, where one of, the, one of the creatures is like a doll at some point. Yeah, I definitely thought um, the kind of memory stuff was very spirited away. Yeah. Where when she's with Marnie and Marnie asks her what it's like to live with the family she's living with there, she can't quite remember them. And, yeah, she, and when she remembers sequence. them, she has, Marnie is gone and she's yeah. in a different place. And then you get, she forgets if Marnie exists for a couple of days, and when she remembers, she has to try really hard to remember. So there's this weird blurring of, like, if she stays too long in Marnie's world, she'll forget who she is. Um, which I thought was... And we were talking a lot about Labyrinth the other day, weren't we? About Labyrinth. Yeah, 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 so it is very Labyrinth as well, actually, yeah. But I was thinking Spirited Away with the... Oh, if she, she, she takes your name, you won't remember who you are. Yeah. You'll be able to go back. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, so it's a bit of a theme through some. God, that studio makes some damn good movies. Yeah. <laughs> they make some really good movies. Um, this was the the last one they made for a while. They took a quite a, a bit of a hiatus, I think, after when Marnie was there. Yeah, because um, for me, um, and looking at my collection, it's the ones that are set in sort of a reality that I don't have in my collection. Mm. Like, I think the closest, but even that sort of alternate history, which is Porco Rosso, and the guy's a pig man, mm. um, that's the closest, because I don't think there was ever, like, pirates versus biplane sort of mid-between World War One and World War Two. Yeah. You know, fighting it out it's, over some islands. It's funny, though, because I like... Um, was only yesterday and Whisper of the Heart and From Up on Poppy Hill, which are all kind of set yeah. in our world, whereas you like them much more fantasy. Yeah, I, I like The Cat Returns and. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nausicaa. <laughs> Nausicaa and uh, my mind's going blank. Oh, Ponyo is probably the, the most modern one I bought. Mm. And even that's sort of like. Yeah. Borderline on a one of a like but an old old fisherman's tale. Yeah, I saw when Marnie was there in cinema the first time around. It was funny as I saw it in the Lighthouse Cinema in Dublin, oh. and then we saw Petit Maman in the Lighthouse Cinema. It's all connected, man. <laughs> it's just another a different Lighthouse Cinema. Um, we got anything else? No, I don't think so. Really, I was trying to skim through my notes, but I feel like we covered pretty much everything. Yeah. Um, we covered all of my notes. Thing from Petit Maman. Uh, except like things like I mentioned that there's like biscuit tins fil- filled with miscellaneous knickknacks, which all uh, adds to the realness of it. Because I feel like yeah. everywhere I went as a child had well, there was biscuit a me- tins with like sewing stuff in it. Yeah, there's a meme about that recently, and it was like <laughs> when you're looking for a sewing kit, and you open the sewing kit, but it's got biscuits in it. And you're confused. Yeah. I took yeah. note of the fact that when she brushes her teeth, she actually rinses afterwards. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that too when we were watching the movie. Because that's something that's your your pet peeve in movies is people rinse. Or people brush their teeth and then just either leave it or just spit and walk off, and you're like, you've got a mouth full of toothpaste. It's, it's the other thing is, is that the one sequence will have, like, clearly they've got toothpaste foam in their mouth. Yeah. And the next sequence, because it's usually from a shot from the side where they lean over the sink. Yeah. And then they'll stand back up with a like a camera will be reflecting off the mirror. Yeah. And there's no, and I'm, I've got a beard, right? It's yeah. in the thumbnail. It's a, it's a true fact. I get. I have to wash my face after I brush my teeth because right. I get foam in my mustache right, right. and my beard. And it's, yeah. it's, you know, there's no physical way unless I was like 
having an airtight seal around my toothbrush while yeah. brushing my teeth. <laughs> um, and yeah, one of those things, and, and that annoys the crap out of me. Yeah, because it, just, it happens so often in movies. Yeah, and it just I takes can't, it I out can't of reality stop now. noticing it now that you... Yeah, I've broken you. Um, yeah, every time I watch someone brush their teeth in a movie, I'm like, well, they didn't rinse. But she rinsed and she spat. Rinsed, she rinsed, so she spat, and then she got a cup of water, drank some, or like put some of it in her mouth and rinsed and spat, yeah. spat that out as well. So I was like, oh. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Just for that one second. Yeah, we'll, we'll give it a 10, 10 out of 10 for the fact that they yeah. actually rinse. Um, we, but again, it and adds to the realness. Announcing our sequel to this podcast, which yeah. is It Takes Toothbrush. Um, <laughs> when I watch movies. <laughs> if anyone wants to recommend any movies where people actually brush their teeth properly, yeah. um, we'll watch those. What was the one that someone pointed out recently to me? I don't know. Oh, Jessica Jones doesn't know how to wash her hands. Oh, she really? just does like this with a soap and like rinses her hands and walks out and was like <laughs> gross <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny Cause they're obviously trying to cut time because you know people don't want to sit and watch someone brush their teeth fully or wash their hands fully in a movie but it's then just don't put the sequence exactly. in just like yeah. for at least with underwater um it's setting the mood mm. like that whole sequence with um Kay Stewart brushing mm. her teeth in the beginning of the movie, setting the mood yeah. of the entire lead up to, like, this is where you are, like, underwater, un- like, it feels like you're dead, basically. Yeah. And that whole lead up and the explosion and all that, that's like, but just, you need the. She could have had her in the shower. Mm. It couldn't, it could have, they could have picked several other reasons why you'd be up at like 3 a.m. Yeah, yeah. in the morning. By yourself with yeah. nobody else around. Yeah. But just yeah. My rant about it'll yeah, come up yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. It, I'm sure it'll come up. It probably yeah. has come up. Like no, I don't remember talking about it before. It doesn't this. matter. But um, yes. Anyway, this movie, she rinses and it adds to the realism because it feels like a real moment. Yeah. It's like the fake drawing yeah, of the and hair. The crepes and the, and the yeah, the kids drawing themselves and then the like her getting home after the panic attack and her dad being like, Your jacket's no your jersey's inside out and they're fixing it for her. Yeah. And yeah. she does that adorable kid thing where she just sticks her arm straight up in the air. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very cute. Um, she doesn't eat a lot. That was one of the things I noticed with that. Every time she sits down for food, she doesn't eat it. There's like the moment oh she's eating, the cereal. She's eating the cereal and then she just downs the milk and leaves the cereal. Oh, you can still see it. And obviously, so the director would have been like, don't eat too much of it because you might have to do it again. Yeah. And to the point where the tape that they used, you can still visibly see cereal. Yeah. Now, what I found interesting is how delicious all the food looks like in Ghibli. Oh, yeah. And you, you were like, I want that, even though it was, like, fried egg on Yeah, it. oh, they Ghibli make food look amazing. I was like, oh, that egg looks like the nicest egg you've ever seen in your life. Like, I want to eat that. Yeah. Um, even though I haven't eaten an egg in, like, 12 years or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, all the food looks... Those tomatoes looked amazing in that film. Yeah. Um, the cereal. This was a funny thing to me. I literally took down a note saying, "Ask, telling myself to look up the cereal afterwards from Petit Maman." I ate that cereal. I remember eating that cereal in France. That exact cereal she's eating. So I had to look it up. It's called Choco Pick. Apparently, it's like um, it's a Nestle cereal, but it's it's like a made or it's mostly popular in Portugal and then it's throughout continental Europe. But I remember eating that exact cereal in France, and it was like this like weird like click moment when she started eating it. I was like, I've just eaten that because I'd totally forgotten it ever existed. Um, but Positive. it was, but yeah, 
because you know me, I only eat chocolate cereal still as an adult, yeah. but as a child particularly. <laughs> well, I don't think anything's cereal. actually changed. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the milk, the milk's changed. Yeah, yeah, no, you drink more rice milk. Yeah, and then obviously the cereal has to be... Yeah, vegan. cereal has to be vegan. Yeah. Though I don't, I try, I try, you know, I'm not eating much cereal nowadays, I'm trying to not just eat sugary cereal all the time. You shouldn't have chocolate and sugar for breakfast, sweetie, it does yeah. not... <laughs> Bode well for a good day. Yeah, it does. Gives okay. you a boost of energy rather than being. That's not how energy works. I know, I know. Anyway, we should. We should we're rambling on. Um, um, yeah. Find us on everything. Yeah, so we're it takes two underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram. It takes two pod on Facebook, and our website is it takes two dot co dot nz. Thank you, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Bye.